because at this point, glorious remnant revival, God has said, I've given you what you need to come of age. You, I've given you what you need to come of age. Get put, uh, no, yeah, go to Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. And, it's t- and, and, and now it's time for us to begin to act our age. We must, we, we, we've had enough to mature. <laughs> Amen? We've had enough to mature. We understand that we are now dispensers of the glory, not individuals waiting on the glory. We understand we release heaven. We're not just trying to go there one day. Amen. The kingdom is within us now. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven now. We understand those things. And so now there must be a proper response to what you've been exposed to to function. Amen. Bless the Lord. And so, so we're going to deal with some coming of age things. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, it says here, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Everybody say adoption. Whereby we cry. Amen. It gives us a cry. We, we cry out. We cry aloud. The spirit of adoption functions to instigate a crying out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Amen. In us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Father, we just thank you and we bless you right now. That you would speak clearly, even on this morning, bless your people. Raise us up, bring us to age, and that your name would be glorified. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. If you would put up that first slide, I'm going to work. The one slide that I got, it's the first one, it's my only one. Um, that I'm going to deal with today, and I'm going to kind of walk some things out. I'm going to do a little bit of review of some of the things we covered on Wednesday, and then I'll jump into the next uh, phase and what the Lord wants to do to help bring us to age. If we look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, we cut off a little bit. I don't know why that is. Um, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says here, it's one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Um, I've, I've known it for quite some time. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're only like him to the degree we properly see him. We cannot be like him, not by seeing him, but only seeing him as he really is, according to the divine revelation of the spirit. So we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he what? Is. Colossians 2 verse 10, and you are complete in him. Everybody say complete. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So, so now, and this is a little bit of review, we are complete sons of God now in Christ. Come on, somebody shout complete. Come on, we're not being completed. We're not being fixed. We're not being altered. We're not, we're not being worked on. In him, we are complete. What does that mean? Complete means finished, 
concluded and needing no alterations or additions. You, me and you are in Christ right now, finished and completed and needing no alterations and no additions. We don't need to work on nothing. We don't need to fix nothing. We don't need to change nothing in him right now. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. We are complete sons of God now in Christ. The key is what we completely are hasn't completely appeared. Uh, beloved, now we are the sons of God now, but it has not yet uh, what we shall be. Amen. All that we are hasn't appeared. So this now Understanding that I am completely holy right now, understand that I'm completely righteous right now, that I'm completely victorious right now, it just has not appeared. I don't have to get the victory. I already have full victory. It just has not appeared. I don't have to get delivered. I already am delivered. It just hasn't appeared. I already now walk in peace and not anxiety. Amen. It just has not what? appeared and so now this challenges our current ideology of what it means to have spiritual growth what does it mean to grow spiritually if I already am everything in him right because uh, and this is the key it's impossible to grow up into who we already are it's impossible. See, and, and I gave this example on Wednesday. I'm going to run it by you again. If now Kevin tells me, I, I, Jeremiah, you are 42 years old. I am 42 years old. If I look back at Kevin and say, man, I got to grow into being 42. Well, I can't grow into being 42. Because I'm 42, right? <laughs> Beloved, now we are. The sons of God. That changes everything. I can't grow up into what I already am. This changes everything that we now understand about spiritual growth. I cannot grow into being a son because I already am a full son. I can only appear into being a son. We don't grow into sonship. We appear into sons because we're already sons right now. We don't develop into what we shall be. We appear into what we shall be in measures. In measures who we are right now appears. See, some of you said, I, I, I finally got victory over that issue. You never grew into somebody that got victory over that issue. The part of you that already had victory just appeared. If you got delivered, you never developed or grew into deliverance. What happened is the you in in him that needs no deliverance just appeared. So now we don't grow into sons. We appear into sons because we're sons right now. Glory be to God. That don't stress. Glory be to God. But we're still stressing. Uh, that we're sons right now that aren't challenged with heaviness, but we still fight with heaviness. It's not that we now need to grow out of heaviness. We just need to appear. Glory be to God. I'm here to tell you right now, you are in complete victory. Just keep on waiting you're going to appear you have complete joy just keep waiting just needs to appear so 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 now this is what we must understand we don't grow out of bondage who we are that's already free appears so, so now we appear in measures through the ministry of the spirit of adoption to the degree we embrace a lifestyle of adoration.
Uh, glory be to God. It is now through adoration God adopts us. He doesn't adopt like we adopt. Romans 8 verse 15, you can put it there. It, it tells us how God functions in adoption. Glory be to God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of adoption is an inward provocation. It is the inward instigation of the Holy Spirit that works to cause us to cry out, to release outward, out loud adoration that becomes the means by which we experience adoption or the means by which who we already are begins to appear. See, there are times in the presence of God and that's why we have to come of age in our worship where now it is not a normal cry, but, but there's something that begins to happen in the realm of our belly where now it's an abnormal desire to now release an adoration and a worship to God that, that if I now let out if I begin to let out I will not be able to control my volume I will not be able to control my actions because it's not me just desiring to out loud adore God it is the spirit of adoption instigating within me a something that wants to explode in worship and that's when you see people fall out on the floor. That's when you see people begin at an abnormal time, at a time where they should not explode in glory to God because what God is saying is I'm ready to adopt you. On the other side of that crying out is a measure of who you are appearing. I'm going to adopt you through that adoration and see that's why many of us struggle because we're not being adopted. Why? Because we don't know how to cry out. By the spirit of adoption by which we you can't be quiet and be adopted. You can't be quiet and appear. You can't be quiet and enter into his divine likeness. You can't be quiet and be a part of his divine nature. You can't just rebuke people and become like God. You can't just oh. I can't just preach to you and be adopted. I have to cry out. Amen. And so to be adopted is to have who we already are appear as we yield to the spirit of adoptions provoking to outwardly adore the father or in other words now to cry out. This is what we must understand. Adoption isn't God taking us in. Adoption is the father giving us who we were from the beginning back. He is not taking us in. God adopted me and took me in his house. That's not what that, 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 that you miss an adoption. Adoption ain't him taking you in. Adoption is him giving you back. He's giving you back who you already are that had not appeared yet. And see, some of us still don't get it. But JC coming, man, I got two, two of them down. Joe, get up. I can wake you up. You old enough. Right? Now, now watch this. This is so key. Get up. Get up. Get up. Y'all get up. Get up. All my babies. You too. You don't even know what's going on, but you're just going to get up. Right? Now, look. Everybody stand behind me. Behind JC. Right? JC, you stand up front. Now, watch this. We're talking about what does not stand behind each other in age. You too, Taylor. In age, stand behind one another. 
Now, what we must understand is how long have they been living? You would have to say, well, let me find out their age. JC has been living for 16 years. He's 16. Taylor is 14. She's 15. Jane, I could tell by the face. I could just switch it up. Bam. James is 11. Joe is 11. I do this all the time. I get about like, James. Josiah, I can't remember. Joe is 10. Josiah is seven, and James is six, five. <laughs> Y'all pray for the pastor. Pray for the pastor. Now watch this. Oh, glory to it. When you have that many, you can't keep track. Bless his name. But watch this. This is so key. How long have they existed? It has not been 14 years. They have been living for at least. When do I hit puberty? At 16? Whew. Probably about 16 years old. At glory be to God. They have been living for at least now 30 years plus what their age is. Because they were always in me. They had not yet appeared. So now when you look at them, amen, when you look at me, all of them were in me before they appeared. Now, they did not appear by me going to church. They did not appear by me being a prophet. They did not appear by me rebuking. They appeared by me going into intimacy. It was through now adoration and intimacy that they begin to. So everything that I was began to appear because I said yes to adoring this woman. As I adored this woman, who I was began to appear. And so I didn't even know that I had all this in me until I begin to adore God and I had this mighty man of God on the inside of me I didn't know it had not yet appeared that I had this beautiful holiness on the inside of me and this beautiful purity I did not know and so now as we adore God everything that we are begins to appear my God my hunger and thirst for righteousness begins to appear. My desire to pray without ceasing begins to appear. My hunger for the kingdom begins to appear. It does not. I'm here to tell you right now. You will not appear unless you say yes to adoration. And it's through adoration God adopts you and causes what's in you to begin to appear. Hallelujah. You go ahead and sit down. Y'all go ahead and sit down. Now watch this. So, so, so what we got to understand is, is, is that adoption isn't God taking us in. Adoption is the Father giving us back who we already always were. Now get this. No, I ain't going to say that. I get in trouble and that's for a whole, whole nother day. Amen. It, it's so key. That you have one God. It's so key that you have one love. You know why? Because there will be parts that are in me that will mess around and take life in other places. If I adore more than one thing. 
and then I wind up having to pay child support because I produce stuff I got to pay for. Because I've been worshiping other gods. Adultery and idolatry go hand in hand. Usually the pastor that begins to worship other gods uh, eventually starts sleeping with other woman, women. Because if I cannot love one God, I can't love one woman. Amen. Glory be to God. Uh, idolatry always hands you over to adultery. You can always tell when a man is about, a pastor is about to fall when he begins to worship something besides God. Amen. Amen. And so now adoption, uh, glory be to God. So we, what we, what we got to understand is God is bringing us out of a dimension where we have to fight to get free into a dimension where we appear free. He's bringing us out of dimension where we're trying to fight to get delivered. We can actually appear into our deliverance we, because we're already delivered. But I ain't delivered. Oh, yes, you are. It just has not appeared. You don't have to fight for your freedom, but, but I ain't free yet. No, no, no. You, you just have to appear because you already are free. It just does not yet what? You don't have to get the, me and you don't have to get the anointing. We're already fully anointed. It just hasn't appeared yet. And so now it takes the works out of our relationship and out of our inheritance and bring us brings us back into a son's mindset. I don't need to get these things. All I need is yield and inherit these things through adoration. Abba Father. Everybody following what I'm saying? Now watch this. Colossians 1 verse 22. And if y'all don't mind if I go Bible study style, it's cool. I want, I want to do it that way. Colossians chapter 1 verse 22. Now, this is so key that we understand this. In Colossians 1, verse number 22, it says, In the body of his flesh, through death, he does what? He presents us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in what? In his sight, me and you are holy, unblameable. Not only does he forgive us for what we did, he says we're not to blame whatsoever. Unreprovable doesn't mean not guilty. Unreprovable means never charged. There's a big difference between there's a big difference between not guilty and never charged. Unreprovable means you can't even bring charges against them in me. You can't even accuse them in me. You can't even who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? The same one who shed his blood on the cross. Me and you are unreprovable. We cannot be charged in him. Amen. Even more so because we're steady trying to be not guilty. Instead of understanding, we can't be charged. See, we're trying to live a lifestyle to earn back our right to be children when God says, in my sight, you've never been charged. As far as I'm concerned, you can't even be charged for a crime. You weren't there. But I did it, God. Oh, no, you didn't. I'm about to help you understand something about the kingdom right now and how God functions. In the Father's sight, everybody say the Father's sight. We're perfect and complete 
needing no alterations, no additions. In our sight, oh, glory, we need to work on this. We need to grow in this area. We need to change that. The issue is in between who we are in his sight and who we see ourselves as in our sight. In our sight, we need work, we need to grow, and we need to change. But in his sight, we're unreprovable and unblameable. Now, the question is, who's right about who we are? This is where we got to deal with pride. No, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know. No, who's right about who you are, you or God? You don't know how I fight to try to change this. Who's right about who you are? You or God, listen to me and listen to me well. We can never grow from who we were not. Guess what? If you're saying I need to change, if you're saying I need to work on this, uh, you can never grow in from because you're not that. You have misidentified yourself. You have said, God, I heard what you said that you see me as, but I know I'm this, 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 and this. You have, we, we have now rejected the testimony of God about who we are. Amen. And how can we, operating out of somebody we're not, ever grow into who we really are? The issue is not an issue of growth. The issue is an issue of misidentification. Beloved, now we are the sons of of God, but it doth not yet appear. We don't need to grow. We need to appear. If we're trying to grow into something we can only appear into, we're attempting to grow a false identity. I don't, I don't know how to share this in a way where this could help you. I just need you to stay connected. I am now Jeremiah Merritt. But what if I today as Jeremiah Merritt see myself as Dan? I'm, I've been Jeremiah Mir for 42 years, but I see myself as Dan. No matter how much I grow Dan, no matter how, if Dan starts a good career, Dan can't never grow into Jeremiah. If, if Dan grows and, and changes, Dan can't never grow into Jeremiah. If he fixes this and he fixes that, because no matter how much I grow as Dan, Dan can never grow into Jeremiah because I'm already Jeremiah and I never was Dan. Glory be to God. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. You cannot grow into holiness. You already are now. You cannot grow into righteousness. You already are now. You can't grow out of sin. You're already above sin now. You can't grow into what you already are. You can only appear into what you already are. Amen. This is so key that we understand this, and I'm praying that y'all getting this, because this, this God has to help us come of age, because we have so misidentified ourselves, and we misrepresent what gathering in church is. The only reason why we ain't going crazy every time we get together is because we don't know who we are. We're still acting like somebody we're not. I got to grow and clap, and I'm scared to clap in front of people. You are lying. You ain't scared to clap. You shout. How do I know that? Because the Bible says shout with a voice of triumph. He ain't going to tell you to do something that ain't you. Amen. 
I'm just not a shouter. You're a liar. You are a shouter. In him. I'm just not a dancer. Oh, yes, you are. But I can't dance good, but he loves your dance. In him. I just don't like prayer. This is hard for me to pray. You lying. In him, you love prayer, and you can't stop praying. Your problem isn't you need to grow a desire for prayer. Your problem is you do not know who you are. No matter how much progress we make having um, working on ourselves, no matter how much progress we make fixing ourselves, we can never grow into who we are because who we are right now doesn't need to grow. Who we are doesn't need to be worked on. We do not need God to work on us. We need the Father to adopt us. We don't need to be worked on. We need to be adopted. Or he needs to, he, we need him to cause who we are right now to begin to appear to us. To be struggling with sin, please hear me, to be bound by inward vices is to be under a measure of slavery. If you're still sinning, you're not a son when we're sinning, the issue isn't growth. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, yeah, I'm saved, but I still struggle with this. So I just need to grow. No, the issue ain't growth. The issue is identity. Right. Amen. Because sons don't sin. Right. You don't grow out of sin. You're reborn out of sin. Right. And so now... To be struggling with sin or to be bound by inward vices, please hear me, is to be under a measure of slavery. We don't grow from slaves into sons. I don't care how much you grow up as a slave, whatever you grow up into won't be a son. We don't grow from slaves to sons because slaves have a completely different nature than do sons have. Please hear what I'm saying. No matter how much we grow in our ability to manage slavery at the end of the day we're still slaves amen so if I'm struggling with sin growth isn't my issue identity is my issue I am now a son of God completely and it has not yet appeared I have complete victory over sin but it has not appeared yet so now the reason why is because I'm trying to get who I'm not. I'm trying to get God to fix who I'm not. God, just take this sin from me. I'm not taking that sin from you because you're not a sinner. Go repeat to God. God, just get me free of this. I'm not breaking you free of that because you don't need freedom. You aren't. Oh, go repeat to God. The reason why you can't stop sinning is God is not going to fix your slave. He is not going to give you a better version of your slave self. He does not give us better versions of us. That's why many of us are still struggling. He gives us new life. Amen. If I could just get over this sin, you getting over that sin ain't the problem. The problem is you don't sin. If I could just get free from this addiction, amen, God, free me from this addiction. And God said, no, I can't free you from that because that ain't who you are. That's why you still keep on going back into the addiction. He is not into giving you a better version of you. He's into death, burial, and resurrection. 
You go, that you're going to have to die. He is not going to fix it so you can manage your inadequacy. Uh, let me take it a step further. Amen. Because son of God, just take this away. If you could just take smoking away. He's going to have to take more than smoking away. Because you don't smoke. If I could just stop cursing. No, he's going to have to get you to do way more than stop cursing. Because you don't curse. Pastor, you just ain't being real when you calling God a liar. He says you're unreprovable. And he says you're unblameable. And you're complete in him. I let God be the truth. And every man. Change now is the Greek word alasso, meaning to exchange one thing for another thing or to transform. So this is what we got to understand. A lasso to exchange one thing for another. To change doesn't mean to simply alter us into a better version of us. To change means to exchange. In the kingdom, the only means by which we're changed is through exchange. The, 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 the father refuses to alter us, to change us. He'll only change us by allowing us to exchange who we see ourselves as in for who who he says we are. He is not going to alter you. He will only exchange. He'll only make an exchange. It's not until you say, I don't smoke. While you're still smoking, that you can hand over the smoker and get the person that really never smoked. It's not until you say, I'm not an adulteress. God, not in him. Where you can hand, exchange the adultery. Glory be to God. You will never stop watching porn saying, God, free me from porn. It's not until you decree out of your mouth, all I want is purity. I don't watch pornography. You can make an exchange. He changes through exchange. Now, this is what we got to understand. I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm just going to take steps in this. The word exchange in regard of how the Father changes us is the Greek word heteros. It means to exchange things of a qualitative difference, not a quantitative difference. <laughs> to exchange things of a qualitative difference, that means different in nature. That means different in now, um, 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 different in kind. He doesn't do qualitative change. In other words, he doesn't change us for something of the same kind. It means to exchange two things that are of completely different natures. So we don't grow out of slaves into sons because they're uh, because they're two completely now different natures. We exchange measures of the slave for measures of the sons. Now, 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 can I see that bag for a minute? And, and I'm going to show you something because we got to understand it. Because what we want to do is, what we want to do is glory. We, it's harvest time. What we want to do is this. What we want to do is we want to exchange apples for apples. But God will only exchange apples for oranges. So now, here, uh, you played basketball. You can catch. Right? Right? Watch this. All right? 
Now, God says, see, our problem is we're Apple, right? And we say the only problem I got is I got a spoil spot, right? I'm a little rotten. I got cut a few times. So I really don't need God to change me. I just need to change it. If I just stop smoking, I'd be all right. If I just get over this sex thing, I'd be all right. If I just stop being angry so much, I'd be all right. So we really don't want change. What we do is we change apple for apple. Give me another apple. Guess what happened? What happened to me? Same thing. At the end of the day, what am I going to do? I'm going to get another bruise, and I'm going to get another cut because I'm still an apple. All I did was try to get a better version of the apple. That's when we say, you know what, I was doing good for a while. For a while, I stopped, and then I went back to it. That's because you never change. The only one that will only fix parts of you and not all of you is the enemy. He's the only one that exchanged apples for apples. He'll exchange apples for apples with you all day. For the next 10 years, you're going to be starting and stopping. For the next 15 years, you're going to quit and go back for the next 15 years. Why? Because God said if you are going to now get what I got for you, if it will not, it won't be a change of the same sort. I'm not going to give you uh, who I gave you. I'm not going to give you freedom unless you're willing to exchange apples for oranges. And now, glory be to God, now when the enemy looks at me, I am now of a completely different nature. How in the world can an apple turn into an orange? Huh? Can an apple ever turn into an orange? What if it now fixes all its rotten places? Can it turn into an orange? Glory be to God. What if it cleans itself up real good? There's no way an apple can ever grow into an orange. The only way an apple can become an orange is if the orange appears. It does not yet appear. You will not change into who God called you to be. You can only appear into who God called you to be. He is not exchanging apples for apples. My God, if you're going to get a change from God, you're going to have to accept being an orange. It's qualitative difference. And so now what happens is, hold on, uh, give me that apple. I thought I had it, but, right? So now what happens is, go ahead, give me all of them. I messed around because this is what usually happens. I want to help somebody up in here today. They, we are now a group. These are the people I run with. And at one point we were all apples. But I messed around and appeared. And so now I'm an orange still trying to have relationships with apples and now I'm making them mad because they don't understand. I'm trying. No, you lying. No, no, you don't understand. I've done everything I could. You still ain't gave God what he wanted. I go to church. You still ain't gave God what he wanted. I got hands laid on me. You still ain't God gave God what he wanted. I'm trying to give up cigarettes. He don't want you to give up cigarettes. He wants all of your life. He wants everything. Lay it all down. And so what happens is eventually the apples and the oranges have to separate. Because the orange is insensitive. I'm trying. I can't, I, can't, I can't change overnight where you can appear overnight. 
it, that would be a great excuse if God was trying to tell, tell you to change. But he already told you you already are. You ain't got to change nothing. You just need to appear. I know I wouldn't get many shots on that. God is working on me. You lying. You are making God go back to work when he rested from his work. He says you are complete in him. He is not working on you. Stop lying. He is not fixing anything. You are lying on God. He finished it. He ain't working no more. Don't put God back to work. He resting still. I just need God to work on me. Well, you ain't going to never get it worked out. God ain't working on none of us. That's finished. He ain't working on you. I just need God to work on me on this stop line. He finished his work. And he said right now, while you claiming you need to be worked on, you're unreprovable. You're unblameable, my God. You don't need no additions. You need no alterations. I do not need you to change. I need you to confess. If you would believe in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and confess with your mouth unto righteousness. I need you to tell your sob story. Confess your identity. I need to know your history, what your daddy did. I know what your father did. And, and so now, this is, this, is what, this is what we got to understand. No, no matter how many things an apple fixes, it'll still never be an orange. Whatever you say you got to fix now still ain't going to make you a son, even if it's a fix. If I could just stop getting angry, you fix it, you still ain't a son. Just as much as an apple, no matter how much it changes, can be an orange. God is not trying to give you a better version of you so you can feel good about yourself. I done came a long way. Well, why you ain't came all the way? My question, I don't care about you coming a long way. Why you ain't came the whole way? Because the whole thing has been taken care of. It's time out. We don't like preaching like this, do we? You know why? Because we want an excuse to stay dysfunctional. We want to give more power to the devil than God said he had so we can have an excuse for why we're still dysfunctional. But I'm here to tell you right now, you don't need 30 more days. You don't need two more years. You can change overnight. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, I show you a mystery. Some of us will be changed. And not all of us shall sleep before we have this change. There are people in this church. You are not going to change over the next two years. You're going to change this morning. You are not going to change over the next 10 years. You're going to change in the next 10 seconds. Because who you are, you already are. It just needs to appear. And as you adore the God yeah, that put you in him and said you are, you will begin to appear. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. God ain't working on you. 
God got to work on me on my attitude. No, he don't. Stop lying on God. God working with me. You lying. He ain't working. He's resting. I know what I'm trying to do is help you come out of Babylon. I'm trying to help you come out of another measure of Babylon, the false bride. The devil doesn't mind us progressing. He just, he just doesn't want us manifesting. The devil ain't scared of our progress. He's scared of our manifest. The earth is waiting for the manifestation, not progress. Nobody care how much you grow. The, the, the devil ain't studying that. You can grow all day and you're going to die. And have minimal impact on humanity. Because the earth ain't waiting on growth. He's waiting on the people that believe they can appear. I know I've been smoking for the last 30 seconds. But for the last 30 years, it's 331. I'm believing in a moment. <laughs> in a twinkling of an eye. By the time 332 hits, I will never smoke another day in my life. My God, I came in here with my crack pipe. But I'm, be I'm believing that I am not a crack addict. I believe I'm unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. I'm going to bring my crack pipe in, but I'm leaving and I'll never pick another crack pipe up in a moment. I am not going to rehab. I am not going to a counselor. I'm going to say yes to confession. That's the real gospel. Before it got perverted by men who couldn't change in a moment, so made it a process. Why? My problem is Jesus didn't work out of process. That's my problem. My problem with your perspective of ministry is Jesus didn't tell the lame man, I'm going to pray for you today. And if you wiggle your toes over the next three months, eventually you'll get your foot back. And then if you now wiggle your toes over another two months, eventually you'll get your feeling back. No, no, no. He didn't do that. He said in a moment. Nah, right now, you're waiting on water and the man is here. Go ahead. Be to God. You don't need to wait on no water. Take up your bed and walk. You know why he cursed that tree, that tree that was barren, it was, he cursed the tree for not bearing fruit out of season because he recognized if you really a tree planted by the rivers of living water if your king gets close to you, something should come out of you you ain't hear what I'm saying I'm, you can't be my tree because you, I can't be this close to you without a praise coming out of you without something I don't care if I'm not in my season. <laughs> I don't care if stuff ain't working for me. He too close. My God, I'm about to bless his name. He too. I don't care if a door ain't opening for me. He too close. I got to give him some glory. Jesus said, I'm too close to you to be my tree. I cursed it because that ain't my tree. I can't be this close to any of my trees. I don't care if stuff ain't working for them. I don't care if they are out of season. I don't care if ain't no door open, opening for them. They live for my presence. Now watch this. Watch this. 
Romans chapter 8, verse number 16. See, that's why I'm trying to get you to come of age, because some of you, Jesus is coming, and ain't nothing coming out of you. He's, he's too close for nothing to be coming out of you. You don't understand how close you are for God to cursing your roots. When I'm saying cursing your roots, in other words, what you're reaching for, he has to curse. Some of you, God will, for the sake of your life, cut all your roots out. Anybody ever lost all your desire for God? Anybody ever even lost strength to pray? Anybody ever lost strength to lift your hand? The problem wasn't your loss of strength. The problem was your roots. Your roots were wrong. He needed to curse them. Sometimes you got to go through that to figure out you ain't really planted in the right place. Because if you're planted right, it don't matter. See, because when I'm planted by the river, I don't depend on the rain. I don't need nothing to fall. If it don't rain all year, I'm planted by a river and my roots will pull from the river when ain't nothing outside happening. I'm not waiting on nothing to happen to live. I don't need nothing to fall. I'm planted in a place where even when it's dry, I'm refreshed. Where even when my prayers ain't working, I'm refreshed. Where even when things ain't going my way, I'm refreshed. Your problem ain't your issue. Your problem is where you're planted. don't know how to plant yourself beside rivers flowing out of men's bellies. You plant yourself beside wrong rivers. That's another one. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse number 16. Look at this. Watch this. Romans chapter 18, verse 6. Let's, let's look at this. It says, the spirit itself, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with what? If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also what? glorified together. Verse 18, this is a key verse. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. I'm going to read verse 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory. I need y'all to catch something real fast. Suffering is always evidence that there is glory that is available. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time cannot be compared to the glory. Anytime we're suffering, suffering is evidence that glory is available. It doesn't mean we're going to get the glory, but it means glory is available to us. Suffering is always an indication that there's glory available. So now this is what we got to understand about suffering. Suffering's assignment is not to give us glory, but to reveal the glory that is already in us. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time shall not be compared to the glory revealed where? 
in us. We, this, is where we, this is where the rubber meets the road in all that. Uh, just dealing with misidentification. Because our problem is, the reason why we're not growing spiritually, we're actually growing more intellectually than we are spiritually. We're quoting more scriptures than we're demonstrating. The reason why we're doing that is because we, do, we keep on trying to grow somebody we're not. Amen? So, wh where does suffering come in? We suffer in who we're not. Or we suffer in who we see ourselves as that God doesn't see ourselves as. So, who we are in him can be revealed to us. We only suffer in who we're really not. So that who we've always been has room made for it to appear. What I'm telling you is the areas in your life that you're suffering in now is the areas in your life where you're not being who you really are. You're not suffering in who you are in him. You're only suffering in who you are as how you see you. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time shall not be compared to the glory. We don't suffer in who we are in him. We suffer in who we think we are outside of him. The suffering is always a clue that we have not appeared yet. Amen? So, so let me say this again, and I want to take it slow. The areas of our life we're suffering in is the areas of our life in which we're not functioning in who we really are in. Do you understand we've always been free from sin? You know that, right? Do you know that although you were, we were born in sin and shaping in iniquity, we were born... Actually, before we were born, we were free of sin. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. We've been free from sin before we knew we were bound by sin. But the pro what, what, what does suffering have to do? We had to suffer in sin. So now we could, uh, uh, the part of us, we would want the part of us that has victory over sin. Amen? We would have settled for an inferior version of life that included sin had we not suffered in our sin. And it's through suffering in our sin, glory be to God, that we entered into who we already were that has victory over sin. Amen? For I reckon, please watch this, that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Suffering is always evidence that glory is available. The areas, I'm going to say this again, the areas of our life in which we're not functioning in who we really are in is the areas of life we suffer in. If me and you are suffering in our marriage, it's not because marriage is hard, it's because we are behaving not as we really are in our marriage. Right? And so what God is doing by causing you to suffer in marriage is to now reveal to you that there's glory in your available for your marriage. The only reason why you're suffering in marriage is because the part of you that functions in how in who you are in him in marriage has not yet appeared. And once it does, so God is just trying to tap you on the shoulder and tell you, look here. 
There's glory for you. That's why y'all fighting. There's glory for you. That's why y'all ain't getting along. There's glory for you. That's why things are going topsy-turvy. And so what God is saying now is if you recognize your suffering not as an obstacle that could cause divorce, but as evidence that glory is available, glory be to God, then you can begin to repent for how you acting in your marriage and now allow who you are in your marriage in his sight But we would rather blame it on our partner. We would rather. T- Every area of our life we're suffering, suffering in at this present time. Everybody say at this present time. If you're suffering in your ministry. It's an area of ministry you're not doing it out of who you are and him in. If you're suffering in your finances, you are now functioning in your finances in a way that you are not in him. Every area of life that we're suffering in at this present time is an area of life we're about to see glory in. It is now evidence. I wish I could get somebody. It is now evidence that there is glory available. If you have been suffering back and forth, forth and back and forth in sin that is evidence glory be to God that God is about to place glory on you over sin not not just give you victory over what you're fighting with but give you a nature that no longer fights with it it ain't good enough for God just to now give you victory over what the sin you're fighting no God said I want to pour glory on you I'm going to put a glory on you where you don't even fight with sinning with that anymore our problem is we're settled for a second-rate gospel that allows us to grit our teeth and make it through and not overcome. Glory be to God. If you've been suffering in your finances, please hear me and hear me right. You're about to see glory in your finances like you've never seen before. God, I'm not talking about a glory where you can pay the bills. I'm talking about a glory where you got to start two, three, and four storehouses. You can't put it all in one place. Next year, you're going to give away more money money than you made this year and still make more money next year than you made this year. Didn't nobody shout over that because we don't understand that. I'm a... Some of you didn't understand what I just said. Because God is not just going, well, God, give me grace to pay my bills. But you in him, in me, you prosper. In me, there's more than enough. In me, your cup runneth over. In me, I give more than you have room enough to receive. You are asking out of who you're not. And that's why you're still begging paycheck to paycheck. But I'm going to make you suffer so I can give you evidence that glory is available for you. You ain't built to make it. We can pay the bills. God said he didn't. He never called us to pay bills, to have, make money to pay bills. He called us to make money to be the lender. Yeah. Not the borrower. Above and not beneath. We still don't know who we are in him. So we ask him to get money to pay bills. Do you understand with glory, with glory comes new nature? Do you understand that poverty has a personality? If you're in poverty, your personality now assists and is created 
for you to stay in poverty. Think about it. We could all name characteristics of poverty, right? Not making enough money, but going to work, going home, sitting on the couch, watching TV for the rest of the night and going back to a job when I already know by the end of the month I ain't even going to be able to pay my bills. That's the personality of poverty. I already know I can't pay all my bills with what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep on doing it. And when I finish doing what ain't enough, I ain't even going to try to work no more. That's the personality of poverty, right? You know what? A, no, I ain't gonna say that. Sorry to say that, but I ain't gonna say that, right? You know what? A personality of poverty is. It says I want to do it, but it's too hard. I can't go through all that. I got kids. I got this. I got that. That's just too much. See, what I'm saying is, when God pours glory on you, He's gonna change you. If you're going to get what I just said, you ain't going to be dragging out the bed at 1030 a.m. You're going to be jumping out the bed at 530 because God is going to give you the personality of a prosperer. He's going to give you the energy of a prosperer. He's going to give you the motivation. We ask for the money when we actually need the nature. You don't need the money. You need the nature. You don't have the nature of somebody that ain't broke. Amen? We don't need money because we'll still be broke. We're just going to spend it. Amen? So, so now, suffering is always evidence, watch this, that glory is available. We suffer in who we're not, by the which who we really are is made available to us. And who we really are is always glorious. If you've been suffering in your mind, please hear what I'm saying. If you've been suffering with depression, anxiety, and discouragement in your mind, what I'm telling you is your mind is about to see glory. That does not mean when you, you're, you're, it's not that you're going to fight with depression, anxiety, and discouragement and win. It's going to be the fact that your mind is going to be so much like God's uh, that depression, anxiety, glory, and discouragement is no longer a hurdle that you have to go over every day. Some of you are so tired because of all the hurdles up here, but I'm here to tell you glory is on the way. Glory be to God. Uh, uh, God it does not yet appear what we shall be, uh, but when he shall appear, we shall be like him. I'm here to tell you, your mind is going to be like his. Uh, my God, and he has no problem living. He shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Greater work shall you do. You're about to get a glorious mind. Not a mind that can manage life. Amen. Suffering is evidence that glory is always available. Where are you suffering at right now? I'm here to tell you glory is on the way. I didn't name everything, but I don't know where you're suffering at. But wherever you're suffering at right now, I'm here to tell you right now, it's just evidence that glory is on the way in your life. I reckon that the suffering of this present time shall not be compared to the glory that shall. It's just evidence you were created for glory. It's just evidence that glory is about to pour on your life. And the problem is coming of age. See, the problem is coming of age. 
Mike. Kelsey. Jeremiah. Kelsey, if I took a million dollars out right now, right, and I said I'm giving it to you, what are you going to do? Huh? Try to come get it. Tithe and offer. Ooh, you said the good old. <laughs> you've been trained well. <laughs> you know how to say the right answer. The public, you know, the, uh, what's that? Publicly acceptable answer. Right? Mika, what you going to do if I put a million? It's one thing if I say I'm going to give you a million dollars, but if I put it in right now, what you going to do? Right now? You're going to get it. Is you just going to get it? Let me ask you this. So how many of you would, if you got a million dollars right now, just out of nowhere now, just going to come up to it like this and say, here. Uh-huh. Sit back on down. <laughs> Why am I saying that? Because we don't understand. We really don't hear what's just said. Right. Glory is worth more than a million. I'm here to tell you glory is on the way. And we're sitting there, yeah, yeah, I done been there. I done heard that. You ain't heard it because you ain't got it. Stop trying to act like you've been there. You ain't been there. You ain't got glory. Nobody impressed by your astuteness. You just don't know how to hear. It's worth more than that. So we would jump over a million that we can't keep and clap over glory that we live in forever. We're still teenagers. Your age is based off of your ear. Your age is based off of your ear and how you hear. The problem with Israel is he said, Jesus got up after he got the spirit of God and said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, bind the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captive and they open the prison doors to them that abound. He, tu- he turns around and says, today this word has been fulfilled, not in your eyes, in your hearing. And they missed it. So they sat there and watched him. And then they end up rejecting it because then they said, I know where he's from and I know where his mama is. They missed it. No, the moment you hear it, you got it. If you really heard it and if you hear it and got it, there's a way that you're going to get it. That was the point of the million dollars. I'm not impressed by titles. I'm not impressed by astuteness. I'm actually disgusted by people who don't praise God because of their title. That disgusts me. Whoa, so you got so deep now that when the glory comes, you can sit with your life. I ain't got no, I ain't even got time to even entertain the fact of how little you really are. He's worthy of that and more. Watch this. Suffering is always evidence that glory is available. We suffer in who we're not, so who we are in glory can be revealed to us and made of. We can only get what's revealed. We can actually carry things our whole life that we never get. How frustrating would it be to know you had a million dollars in your back pocket your whole life and you're standing there begging God for money. You already carrying it. it all, it's already you begging for deliverance and you carrying it in your pocket. You're begging for victory and you're carrying it in your pocket. 
God, I'm trying to help you. But we don't hear right. We don't hear right. Watch this. I'm going to show you why we don't hear right. This is it right here, this next verse, and then I'm going to close. We're coming of age. Darlington, we have to come of age. Hear me again. Darlington, we have to come of age. I'm here to tell you, we ain't got very much more time for you. You got to come of age. Romans 8 and 18, for I reckon, Shundi, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That ought to mess you up if you read it right. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory. which It's illegal for us to compare suffering with glory. It's illegal for us to talk about all the hell we've been through. That's why God is going to bless me. I've been through hell. I've been through high water. I went through this and I went through that. I know God's hand is on me. The only time you compare your suffering with glory is when you ain't seen glory. I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not. See, once you see glory, you'll never talk about suffering. You're in it to, once you enter into glory, what you had to go through to get to the glory, the suffering doesn't even uh, uh, compare to even bring up. Uh, y'all missing what I just said right there. See, anybody that's talking about I'm going through so much, you ain't seen no glory. You ain't seen no glory. Because once you get to glory, I may have went through hell. I may have went through suffering. I went through anxiety and frustration. But it brought me to the glory and revealed in me that I have peace that surpasses all understanding and once I appear glory once I appear once the part of me that has peace that surpasses all understanding appears you will never hear me talk about the hell I went through it ain't even worth bringing up this is too good it ain't even worth talking about this is too good it ain't even worth God is about to bring you and me into a place where we're not even going to bring up our suffering. It ain't even going to be worthy to be compared to how good God is being. We are not going to bring up what's happening in our marriage. We're not going to bring up the bad. Our marriage is too good to even talk about when our marriage was bad. We are not going to talk about when we ain't have no money. Our money is too good. Any time you magnify what you, hell and any time you magnify what you go through, you disqualify yourself from glory because they're not worthy to be compared. You can never talk about the hell you went through to get to glory. The fact that you still see your hell is that big is proof you've never seen how big the glory is. Because the hell dwarfs in comparison to the glory. The suffering drawers in comparison to the glory. As long as we're complaining, we're disqualified from conforming. I've been through hell. You're going to keep on going through it, too. Because you're magnifying something that's smaller than the glory. You're paying a small price for a greater glory. You're actually not paying anything at all. Count the cost. What's really the cost? 
you're only suffering in who you really ain't anyway. You ain't pay nothing for it. You just paid to give it up. The reason why I don't bring it up is because I didn't pay nothing for what I got. I don't deserve the way I wake up in the morning. I don't deserve the peace that I have. I don't deserve the love that I have for my wife. And I, I don't deserve the clear conscience that I never look at women and lust after them. I don't deserve the beautiful children that I have. I don't deserve to walk in the gift and the authority that's apostolic that I work in. But do you understand how I got this? I had to suffer. But what I paid don't compare. You'll never hear me stand up here and say all oh, the hell I've been through. My God this is too good. You'll never hear me talk about people walking away. This is too good. You'll never hear me talking about how folks talk about me. It's too good. I would disqualify myself from the glory. Because it ain't worthy to be compared. I focus on something smaller than the glory that's so much bigger. The reason why some of you aren't being revealed is because you think your suffering in, in, in some way compares to the glory. And it ain't even worthy to be compared. What are you suffering right now? I'm here to tell you right now, stop asking God why. It's not worthy to be compared to what you're about to see by means of dimensions of glory, you're about to experience the doxa of God. You know one of the definitions of doxa glory is opinion. Glory is God's opinion of you. Look, look, look. I know you just slept with three women, but in my opinion, you're a prophet. When I see the glory, I get to see God's opinion of me. My God, I'm here to tell you, his opinion of you has never changed. You're unreprovable. You're unblameable. You are complete in him. There is none like him in all of the earth. And when we really understand that, ain't no suffering that can stop us from clapping our hands. Ain't no suffering that can stop us from opening our mouth. Ain't no suffering that can stop us from blessing his name. I need about 15 people. I don't need everybody that would stand to your feet and declare with your praise I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to suffocate my hand clap is not worthy to stop me from shouting is not worthy to My God, clap like you know God's opinion of you. Shout like you know God's opinion of you. Uh, my, my God, praise like you know God's opinion of you. <laughs> my God, bless him. My God, bless him and experience his doxa. Come on, it's his doxa that dictates doxology. My God, we can't see doxology outside of his doxa. I can't read the Bible outside of his opinion of me. 
Commanda the body of the Rebo Sanandi, hey, Remansi under the Bandi of the Rebo Cosi, hey, Renanana Mocon Sunday. Being free is about to get so good to you that you will no longer be able to mention when you weren't free. It won't even fit a conversation. My God, walking in victory is about to get so good to you that you won't even be able to bring up when you were defeated. It won't fit in your conversation. It's time to come of age. It's time to come an image. It's time to come of age. Today, 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 you're not changing tomorrow. You're not changing next year. You're not changing over time today. You're not going to be free tomorrow. You are today. You are not, your, your situation isn't changing over the next six months. Your situation is changing to, don't nothing change overnight because honestly it really ain't changing. You're just, you're just appearing. You're not changing into who you are. You're just appearing into who you already are. Today, the earth is waiting on your manifestation. My God, your marriage is waiting on your manifestation. Your children are waiting on your manifestation. My God, your, your money is waiting on your manifestation. Your ministry is waiting on your manifestation. Once you manifest, you ain't got to ask for it. It responds to what you look like. There's some stuff that's about to start happening because of what you look like today. For everybody that has an ear to hear. What the Spirit of the Lord saying to the church. Rina na 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 na